Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from No Quarter, Wenches, Volume 2, written by M.J.L. Evans and G.M. O'Connor. Volume 2 of 5 starts with Dr. Strangeways being pressed into service under Captain Kidd. Meanwhile, Atia Crisp becomes a barmaid at the Swiftsure Tavern and learns the inner workings of the city. A secret union takes place while pirate Bleedin' Art heads the battle against the French, and the townspeople celebrate a merry Port Royal Christmas. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from No Quarter, Wenches, Volume 2. Bermuda Triangle Choppy waves slammed into the armored brigantine, Blessed William and more water seeped in. Dr. Sanders Strangeways secured the ropes that kept a tarp suspended from the ceiling of his bunk. He stored his medical books and personal effects high up to keep them from spoiling. It had been more than a month since he'd been pressed into service under Lieutenant William Kidd. Unable to adapt to life aboard ship, dark circles were forming under his eyes. He missed Port Royal, his plantation, and his cat. So far, the journey led him around the Bahamas, and now they were en route to Bermuda. The doctor ventured to the main deck, where Kidd and his second mate, Robert Culliford, Cully, trained their telescopes to a wall of mist. Up here, if you please, doctor. Join us on the command deck. Kid said. Must I? This air plays havoc with my joints. That was not a request. Strangeways complied, securing his hat. Guess I'll have to dry and re-roll them later. Kid thrust a telescope into his hand. You have keen sight. Be on the lookout. We missed Bermuda. Why don't you just head west? You don't get it. It's the triangle, Cully said. If a ship misses Bermuda, it's never seen again. The doctor's eyebrows furled. And you truly believe that? I've lost many good friends in the triangle, so don't mock it. Kid's jaw clenched. Ships truly disappear here, with no wreckage and no traces. I imagine there's numbers increased during hurricane season, strange ways examine the looming dark clouds. Which is right about now, I think. That it is, Doctor. Focus on your task. Your sector is starboard bow. Now keep lookout. They pointed their telescopes out, searching. I thought we were going to Nevis anyway, strange ways added. Merck engulfed the vessel, and rain pelted down. Signal! The lookout called from the crow's nest. Aft quarter! A ship! Through spindrift and gloom, a galliot with a mahogany hull and red sails stalked them. Kid's mouth was ajar. It's Thomas Paine! His men erupted into cheers. Bring us a boat, Mr. Culliford! Follow rascal to Bermuda. Crewmen worked the lines and the helmsman spun the wheel. Cully turned to Kid. 
You almost led us into the triangle. I'll lead you to hell if need be, Cully. Kid scowled. May I go below and tend my joints, Captain? Strangeways pressed. Kid waved him off. Strangeways followed the staircase down to the cabin. Superstitious fools. He knocked on the doorframe. By late afternoon, they arrived in Bermuda and took their ease at Sands, a beachside tavern which neighboured a drawbridge connecting the island. The doctor trailed Kid and Major Payne across a stone floor to a corner where barrels formed a table. Strangeways paused, admiring a large mounted fish with a long needle-like nose which hung above the staircase. Join us at the officer's table, doctor, Kid said. I didn't know I was an officer. Your chief surgeon of His Majesty's armored brigantine, Blessed William. A league of privateer in the service of King William. They ordered ales and Bermuda fish chowder, seasoned with black rum and sherry pepper sauce. Cully leaned on the barrels, sweat and rum seeping through his pores. You're getting clever with your letter of mark. Make a high society now, does it? Have the doctor sit with your spell, so you can look like you belong with the gentleman. You started early. Kid's wild eyes fixed on his cutlass. Cully's face went blank. I'm on land, right? Kid indicated the crew's table. You ought to go sit with the men. Sit with the men, the real men. Kid cocked his pistol. Get him out of my face or I'll kill him. Quartermaster Bill Mason grabbed Cully by the shirt and dragged him away, mumbling incoherently. Thanks, Billy, Kid said. Strangeway sat down between Kid and Major Payne. Where is the fleet? Kid began. They'll be here in two days. Ships from Barbados, the Bahamas, and everything they have left from the Leeward Islands. Not a match for what the French have waiting for us, Payne said. Strangeway's eyes teared up after taking his first mouthful of the fish chowder. And what, dare I ask, have the French got waiting for us? Payne drank from a tankard. Ducasse has a dozen ships of the line and a hundred escorts and fifteen hundred freebooters on the island with hostages. Mason returned to the table with a fresh drink. We haven't a chance to take on their fleet. We'll pick our targets. We'll hit them and run. Let them give chase while we get at them when they're not looking, Kid said. Codrington expects to take back St. Kitts. We'll need more men, Mason said. That's what pirates are for, Billy. Kid indicated to strange ways. You're going into war, Doctor. I hope you have the belly for it. He served on my boat as surgeon and saved many lives, Payne said. When Oliver Cromwell was in diapers, Strangeways said, the first time. Kid drank. Come now, Doctor. It's like riding a horse. Strangeways fiddled with his hands. Yes, it hurts like hell when you fall, and you're likely to break your neck and die. The alternative is Davy Jones's locker, Doctor. 
You're not to fall into government hands. Well, since you put it that way. Strangeways put down his spoon. There are some people I'd like to contact. Not possible, Payne said. May I ask for news of my friends? Some survived and fled with the captain. The rest were headed for a Port Royal cell, or dead. You were there? I was. Can you tell me anything at all, Carlena? Gladstone? Payne stared at the barrel tops. Carlena was shot, I heard, though still running. Some fled into the hills, and a blonde girl was killed, a friend of yours. Strangeways slid his hand over his mouth. Lily. Eyelet? Payne asked. Yes, known as Lily Waters, but yes. Gladstone was with the captain last I saw. I know nothing of anyone else. Strangeways shrank back into his seat. But I was under protection from the Brethren of the Coast. You brought this on. All of it. The Brethren warned you. The French warned you. Even the Maroons warned you. You saved my life twice. I'm returning the favor. You'll stay on with Kid as surgeon. Strangeways was silent a moment. For how long? Some questions are best not asked, Doctor, Kid said. Truth be told, until I can no longer protect you. Excuse me, the doctor rose, wiping his eye. I must go powder my nose. Don't do anything we'll both regret, Payne advised. Strange rays retreated to a curtained area that housed a chamber pot. He took out a small box filled with shimmering white powder. After loading a tiny silver spoon, he snorted some into each nostril. An involuntary shudder crawled up his back. Oh, where does Lawrence find this stuff? He sniffed hard and paced. Oh, Carlena, what have I done? Please be well. Now, if Carlena got away to the north, she would have met up with the captain. He would be able to contact Alban Jones for a ride. All I have to do is get to Antonio Bay, and his men will lead me to them. Now, to find a ship out of here. Strangeways peeked through the curtain to find Payne and Kid standing less than a foot away. Or you can consider yourself confined to quarters, Kid said. Box in hand, Strangeways ran in the opposite direction, leaving a white cloud trail of cocoa leaf powder. He burst through the side door, plowing down patrons. At top speed, he reached the brick drawbridge. When he met the wood planks at its center, he leaned over the edge, hovering twenty feet above the water. One more step and I'll jump. Payne gave a stern stare. Doubtful with the box. That ain't regular snuff, is it? Kid asked. Nay, Payne said. If you have any mercy, Thomas, take my life.
You sail with Captain Kidd. That's your lot, mate. Or you could leave me here and say I fell off. Upside down, the doctor suggested. Time to board, doctor. Kidd whistled, and his men apprehended him. Can I keep the box? I'll be keeping it in a safe place. Kidd gave Payne a doubtful look. I trust the man can operate? Aye. Keep him away from that box, mind you. I gathered that. Can he amputate? Aye. Maybe not as fast as McCaskill, but he'll do. Where'd Gator Gar go with the doctor's flock? Kid asked. Southwest, they say. Into the mouth of the bull. Then they stand a fair chance. I wouldn't want to go looking for them down there. Strong-armed aboard the Blessed William, the doctor was thrown into his bunk. He pulled himself up on his feet using the hammock ropes. Pondering his options, he wondered how far he could swim. He withdrew a silver snuff-box from his pocket. Shimmering white powder was inside. A good doctor always comes prepared. Miles Gladstone placed three bright red hibiscus flowers on a grave marked Carlina. He wiped his eyes with his sleeve as the funeral goers dispersed. Behind him stood bungalows and storehouses. Serenity was well on its way to being home to the survivors of Strangeways Plantation. One of the residents, Coffee, knelt beside him. She never said what kind of service she wanted, Gladstone said. She didn't talk about those sorts of things. She was just supposed to live forever. Coffee patted his back. The things you said for her are very nice. The parts we could understand. I'm sure she heard you. Sorry, I got so emotional. Those kids are fine, though. Everyone gets a little spoodum in their hair sometimes. Though the pox has people a little on edge. The important thing is we each got to say goodbye to Carlena. The story of our lives. Gladstone stared at the grave. I was always saying goodbye to her. And now I do it again. He kissed his hand and touched the stone. Bye for now, my love. I'll see you again. Gladstone and Coffee strolled along the dock, where the swift catch Kimru was furnished with freshly cleaned cannons. Her captain, Alban Jones, a silver-haired Welshman, supervised the final touches. Are they to your satisfaction, Captain? A smoke hung from Captain LaRoche's mouth as he inspected them. Clean guns are important. You will sink me. And I have, and I do. Just wish the rest of her was in as good condition. Yaguara climbed the gangway in silence. Come to see us off? LaRoche asked Gladstone. If it's all the same, I'd like to join the crew. But here, the mayor of Serenity now, Jones said. To tell you the truth, my friends in Port Royal need me. Akene, Fatima, Atia, and her sister. You're gonna need me, Capitan. They'll be fine without me here. 
It's not like we're going into the Bermuda Triangle or anything. Nothing to worry for here, Coffee added. There's enough treasure to sustain the settlement for years. LaRoche's eyes darted up. There is. We may have lost Corlena, but if there's any way you can find Ikene and young Fatima, bring them home, Coffee said. I'll find them. Don't you worry. Jones leaned on the rail. Hang on. Does anyone feel like asking the captain of the ship? Miles, you're like family. But we're going into battle, and you thought aft quarter was the closing ceremony at a joust match. I'm going to get Cormac's girls out, and if there's any possible way, I'll find your friends too. Won't we, Captain? Laroche counted the gold bars in the inner lining of his jacket. What treasure? Miles has proven to be an excellent cooper and a somewhat adequate surgeon, Yaguara said. Yaguara will vouch for him and make him seaworthy. Jones nodded. Then welcome aboard, ship's cooper Gladstone. Thank you. You won't be thanking Yaguara in a month. Well, it's a pirate's life for me, Gladstone raised an eyebrow. Adequate? He looked to coffee. So, that makes you acting mayor. Whatever you say. Are you going to say goodbye before you go? I already did. Then get ready to shove off, Jones instructed. Coffee returned to the village, while Gladstone joined LaRoche on deck. What treasure? LaRoche asked. Treasure? I don't know nothing about no treasure. Gladstone handed over two coins. Here's payment. For what? If I die, I want you to bring me back here and bury me with Carlena. LaRoche tucked the money into his pocket. Oh, no need. Of course I will. What are friends for, huh? But you kept it. We, oui, of course. Pirates don't give things back. It is an old saying, yes. Right, Captain, they don't. Gladstone gave Jones a good-natured smile. All right, then. You're right what, lad? No. All right. It's an expression. Like, all's right with the world. A ship's no place for fancy expressions, mate. Jones rallied his men. Come on, lads, let's get between the devil and the deep blue sea. Right, no fancy expressions here, Gladstone said. Shove off, LaRoche ordered. Kimru drifted from the dock, and soon they cleared the mouth of Carlina's Bay. You must be sure. It will be hard and dangerous. Perhaps you are better off to stay with them, LaRoche said. They don't need me. They never did. It's our friends in Port Royal who need us. We must get them out. Just find me a way in. I can't bear to think of what they might be doing with my Artia. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from No Quarter, Wenches Volume 2. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.